Welcome to Employee Buzz, a podcast about reaching, engaging, and motivating employees. In each episode, you'll join experts as they explore the best ways to communicate with today's workforce. Plus, we'll play games and have some fun. Step right up. Here's your host, Alyssa Zeff. Hi, everybody. I am Alyssa Zeff, your song lyric savant, Duncan iced tea drinker, and Game of Thrones fanatic. Fanatic might be a little extreme. I'm here with Eric Goodman, who's an associate director here at Davis & Company. Eric is a board game expert, a connoisseur of beer, and a Game of Thrones fanatic as well. Can we have a moment of silence for, for Game of Thrones, which recently ended? I was thinking we could have a moment of silence for everyone who died on Game of Thrones. No spoilers. No spoilers, no spoilers. But we would be here forever in silence if we had a moment of silence for everyone who died on Game of Thrones. So, Eric, thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. Speaking of Game of Thrones, that's a nice little segue. Today we are going to talk about storytelling. I think Game of Thrones was an excellent example of storytelling. What not to do. Yes, exactly. But specifically, we're going to talk about corporate storytelling. So why don't we start with just a definition. When we say corporate storytelling, what is that? If you had to define it in a couple sentences, what would you say? Well, I think it's more about appealing to an employee's natural affinity for stories. So it's basically using storytelling techniques within your business communication. And it's as simple as that. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think it's about finding those connections to everyone in the organization, regardless of what function or region or anything that they work in. It's that connective tissue. So why is storytelling important for organizations? What do they get out of it? What do employees get out of it? Well, I don't think storytelling is important for organizations. It's really important for the people. I mean, people learn through stories, and we always have. Our brains are wired that way. It goes all the way back to caveman days. We didn't have corporations or occupations or even civilizations. Storytelling was used for survival. We had cave paintings and eventually language, and even after that, we had writing. But we mostly talked about teaching future generations how to survive, you know, what plants you can eat, what animals you could hunt, what tribes were friendly. So if you think about storytelling from that perspective, it's how we learn. So you don't want to do a lot of facts. You don't want to say, don't approach a woolly mammoth. You want to say, oh, like I'm going to recount a tale of a narrow escape from almost getting trampled. Right. The caveman's not going to appreciate the length of the woolly mammoth's tusks or how much it weighs or anything like that. It's more exactly. like, oh my God, look what happened to me today. You want to avoid that. Yeah. 10% yeah. of all woolly mammoth encounters, that's not going to mean anything to them. Yes. So that's how our brains work. And it still applies today. Stories are everywhere. Movies, there's books, there's magazines, even gossip. When you're gossiping, you're telling stories. So exactly what we're saying, you drop the facts and figures and the charts and you just start telling a compelling story and employees will actually listen and hopefully retain what you're saying. Yeah. And I would build on that to say, as humans, we remember stories. I mean, if you think about what you share with people, it's stories and that's what you hope that your employees are going to do. They're going to remember it and then share it because you want your employees to be your best brand ambassadors. So you want them to share your information about your company. So you have to feed it to them in a way that makes them want to share it. So a lot of our listeners are probably intrigued by this and saying, okay, I want to do this, but I don't really know how. So where do they even start? Oh, that's easy. <laughs> you can start anywhere. <laughs> Stories can be used for any type of communications. 
And it's not just your founding story. A lot of people think stories are, this is how we came to be, but it could be, I mean, it could be that, but it could be a motivational story about our customers. Who are they? What are their needs? How are you improving their lives with what you're doing? You can build a connection between the employee's work and the people it impacts. Or if you have a big change in your organization, what were the events leading up to it? What problem will it solve? How will it better position the company for the future? So first, you just want to identify the story that you want to tell and start with your main idea and find out the one takeaway. And you can make a story out of absolutely anything. Wow. How do you know who you should involve when you're putting your story together? It depends on what kind of story you want to tell. Definitely get your leaders involved. I would say your most impactful speakers, the ones who can come across very naturally, that can just tell a story and you know, very dynamic speakers. I mean, you can tell the difference between somebody who's comfortable telling a story and anecdotes and somebody who's going to get rigid on stage and just want to point to charts. So just involve the people who you think are going to do the best job or the people who have the most knowledge about the story you want to tell. Yeah. I mean, I know you and I've worked on a bunch of projects together where we've done storytelling. And sometimes we've created those stories in a vacuum based on interviews of people who are very data-driven and very not anecdotal in how they communicate. And it was up to us as the communicators to turn it into that. So it could be that you're just involving people to gather the information. And then you as the communicator, you, Eric, or me, or our people who are listening, it's our jobs to really craft that story. So I want to talk a little bit more about writing the actual narrative or story. Tell me about what are the elements, what are the components that go into that? I mean, I think everybody learned this way back in probably elementary school. You learn about the story arc, and corporate stories follow the same story arc that you would read in a fairy tale. It's the same element. If you just follow the key points or the main events, you can fill in all the details later. So you start with the exposition. That's where you begin. It's the current situation. It's the status quo. It's really the starting point of everything. From there, the following step is the rising action. That's when it starts to change and your story starts to build. The climax is the turning point. Then you have what's called the falling action. That's the result of the climax. And then you have the resolution, which is the ending, which is a new status quo. If you map out those points and fill in the details, you're going to have a pretty good narrative. What does that look like, for example, in a corporate story? Well, we do this all the time with a lot of our clients. And, you know, I have a lot of examples, but let's just talk about in generic terms so we don't give away any names. <laughs> but this is how it could look. So a company's founded and it's built upon a mission. And then the company delivers a solution and it helps solve an unmet need. But the company grows too fast and it's not sustainable. So now we're at the climax. That's the turning point. Then the falling action would be the company develops a plan for the future and that sets it up for long-term success. And then ultimately the customers and the company win. So that's how you would map your company story to those same points. You and I worked on a project together, which was interesting because it was a company that was a result of lots of acquisitions. So they didn't really have a story because they were made up of lots of different stories. And it was our job to help create that one narrative. So it's not like there was this thing in place where they had this about us and we just had to make it more storytelling. We actually had to create the story from scratch. We had to pull that information out of people and understand what it is. And I think 
you know, to pat ourselves on the back, we did a nice job of creating something that got employees to understand what it meant to work for this one company now versus their smaller company that they were used to or if they were a new hire, what does it mean? And now they can see it. And we did it in very emotional and very narrative type of ways so that it wasn't confusing to them and it was empowering versus not feeling like, okay, what am I getting into? Or I like my little mom and pop company. Why should I care about this? And it really, I think, helped them a lot. What do you think are some of the biggest mistakes companies make when writing their story or narrative? Well, right off the bat, I think the biggest mistake that people fall into is trying to include way too much information. They want to cram every single detail in there and they start way too early. They want to talk about all the things that led up to every single person who's ever made a decision that led to where they are now. And it's just not how people are going to learn. You really want to stick to those main points. Then we also see a lot of jargon. So not using language that's comfortable or familiar to people and using too many buzzwords. Those are some of the most common issues you see with their stories. And it really takes away from it being genuine. I completely agree. And actually, in doing some research for this podcast, I came across a great article that was talking about how poorly companies tell their own stories. And so just some interesting stats in a narrative way. No stats. <laughs> no stats. <laughs> but funny enough, 47,000 companies, just from a quick Google search, consider themselves full-service solution providers. Okay? So right off the bat, full-service solution provider, that's full-service generic. Cost-effective and end-to-end solution, 95,000 companies use those to describe themselves. And then 600,000 use provider of value-added services. So I'm sorry, which company is not considering themselves value-added? So I just think just building on what you're saying, it's just if you are using these buzzwords, this jargon, and not standing out, then you're lost in the shuffle, both for your employees, which is important to us, but also for your customers at the end of the day. And it seems disingenuous. It goes back to being you. Just tell the story you would tell it. Don't try to fill it with too much fluff and buzzwords and jargon. Exactly. And make it easy for people to share. So I'm sure you have lots of advice, but if you could choose one thing to help our listeners with corporate storytelling, what would it be? I would say it would be take the risk and tell the story. It's easy to fall back on old habits and just go back to your facts and your figures and your data and do it the same way you've always done it. The most compelling speakers always tell stories, they tell their anecdotes, and you can really tell the difference. So ditch the slides and tell a relatable story and don't doubt your storytelling abilities. It's actually ingrained in your DNA. That was great. Eric, thank you so much for joining us today to share your insight on storytelling. It was great to be here. So now it's time to play our game. Now our listeners probably know that at this point we would typically spin the wheel of games but since Eric and I knew we were going to talk about storytelling, we did some prep work and we've already pre-picked our game, but I don't want Eric to miss out on spinning the wheel. So why don't we spin the wheel just for fun and also because it makes a really cool noise. Oh, I was going to say, I'm spinning the wheel anyway. <laughs> oh my goodness, we landed on one sentence movie stories. Oh my God, how Oh my convenient. God, what a coincidence. So Eric and I have each prepared some movie descriptions in one sentence or less, and it's going to be our job to get each other to guess those movies. Okay. Do you want to go first as our guest? Sure. Okay. You go first. All right. 
An unemployed man goes on a journey to replace his soiled carpet. The Big Lebowski. <laughs> That's right. Nailed it. Okay. The dude abides. The dude abides. I'm going to start with my easiest one. Apparently, amity does not mean friendship in the water. Jaws? Yes. Okay, 1-1. One, one. All right. A New York lawyer goes to the Deep South for the most important case of his life. My cousin Vinny. Yep. Wow, you thought these were difficult? To our listeners, Eric was like warning me about how he tested these on other people and thought it was really difficult. Okay, 2-1. I made them easier for you. Wow. All right. <laughs> I didn't. Reclusive weird guy lures children in and disposes of them one at a time. Gacy? Willy Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Oh, that's clever. <laughs> okay, 2-1. Alyssa. Well, now I think they're just too easy. <laughs> All right. A man posing as a long-lost brother tries to swindle a family out of their fortune. Oh, I don't know. The Adams Family. Oh, you know, you said all of these were blockbusters. Was that really a blockbuster? Was for me. <laughs> okay. A family bonds during a Colorado staycation. The Great Outdoors? Oh, the Shining. <laughs> <laughs> You must be seeing my family vacation. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. A teenager's life depends on reigniting his parents' romance. Back to the future. Yep. A student catches one serial killer, but lets another escape in the process. Silence of the Lambs. Oh, <laughs> see what you did there. <laughs> yes, I'm very, very clever that way. Scientists quickly lose control over their genetically engineered frogs. Jurassic Park. Yep. I knew you were, I knew Jurassic Park was going to be on your list. It had to be. I was just waiting for it. I'm surprised we haven't overlapped yet. <laughs> no, seriously. Well, we probably both avoided Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. Okay. Everyone is an informant and everyone dies. Well, that sounds like Game of Thrones. <laughs> okay, here's your easy hint. Except Marky Mark. The Depadded. Yes. <laughs> it's the only way to pronounce that movie. All right, that was awesome. Thank you, Eric. And yeah, I clearly won, even though I don't think either of us were keeping count. Yeah, with your impossible clues. Oh, what? All right, fine. Fair enough. Well, now you know you have to step it up for next time. So thanks again for being here. And thanks again for all your great advice. This was great. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Employee Buzz, where practical advice meets fun. If you haven't subscribed yet, go to your podcast platform iTunes, Podbeam, Stitcher, and Google Play, and click subscribe. That way you won't miss an episode. Catch you next time.